And welcome, friends, to the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you, Bill Jack from Worldview Academy with me as well. We talk a lot about America because we live here. We're on the cusp. We are on the very edge of Western civilization here on the eastern plains of Colorado. And yet we want to talk about the other parts of Western civilization today, and that is Europe. Believe it or not, many of us derived from Europe. And so there is some connection between our European brothers and sisters and those of us who sit on the very edge frontier of Western civilization here in the United States of A. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the demise of Europe. And the thing that has shocked me, Bill, is how quickly we move from the breakdown of faith and morality to the breakdown of an economy and a civilization. I guess at one point I had thought that you could go for I don't know, 50, 80, 100 years in terms of a breakdown in church attendance and faith, et cetera, et cetera. And then eventually you would see a breakdown of the character of the nation, the economy and the civilization itself. I thought it would be a delay, but it turns out there's not much of a delay. It's about like five, 10 years and it's over. It's less it's, than a generation. Yeah, less than a generation. It surprised yeah. me quite quite a bit as I studied this, uh, preparing for this particular program, the shattered fallout of a post-Christian culture is mind-boggling, my friends. Official figures have finally come in for Britain's economy in 2020. The once great nation state, in fact, the greatest nation in the world until, I'm going to say, roughly 1890. The sun never set on the English empire until the late 1800s on into 1900s. If you want to read a little bit of the epithet of the British Empire, just grab a Kipling poem. Mm-hmm. He was, man, he was good Yeah, with poetry. Gods of the copybook headings with terror and slaughter return. And a number of his poems really just chronicle the end of an empire, the end of a civilization. He was more of a prophet, I suppose. But uh, yeah, read some Rudyard Kipling. That would be helpful. But here's the interesting thing is that as it turns out, the, 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 the slippage, the, the falling of Britain as an economy, as a civilization occurred during the COVID year. And that's, of course, the reason why I wrote Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West in 2020. I wrote it in 2020, published it in early 2021. Second edition coming out 2022 with an endorsement from John MacArthur, by the way. Uh, but uh, the once great nation state of England has slipped 11%. During 2020, that at one point they're saying that's ah, maybe nine and a half percent. It's now 11 percent, 11 percent slippage on the GDP for Britain during 2020. The largest slip since 1709. What does that tell you? Mm. 1709 is somewhat of a significant year because you're looking at the slow but steady decline of the French Empire, the Spanish Empire. Right. That's when those empires are collapsing. And this is the very beginning of the rise of the British Empire. And so what you're seeing now is the unraveling of an empire, a civilization that uh, reached its peak in the 1800s and early 1900s. And friends, you're looking at a free fall now, a free fall of an empire. And uh, 2020's GDP slip was most significant since 1709. That would be about a 300-year legacy, my friends. We're looking at the end of an empire, the end of a civilization. Recovery is lagging as well. The Britain economy has gone negative uh, this year, at least uh, in the second quarter. This is the fall of the West. But why is the West falling? 
Well, Boris Johnson. Who is Boris Johnson? He is the prime minister. Well, that's a, oh, I thought it was a, a Bullwinkle cartoon. Natasha no, it's Boris. Boris. No, no, this, is, this Boris. is Boris. He is the prime minister. Oh. At least for the time being, he's almost out. Boris is a lot like Elon Musk. <laughs> so? You think about it. How so? Well, I'm, I, I can't keep up with the number of girlfriends, kids out of wedlock. That's one of the reasons. Mm-hmm. And the second reason is that Boris, just like Elon, gets a sense that there's something wrong in two second flashes. And then they forget about it. Uh-huh. Also, they sometimes have something of a sense of the problem, but have no concept what the solution might be. Well, the Washington Examiner has an article about this. You get that Washington Examiner, Bill? No. Okay. So the Examiner does an article on this entitled Boris Goes Boom. That sounds a little bit like the Bullwinkle yeah. cartoon. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. Well, in this case, Boris Goes Boom. British conservatives have abandoned their promise and run the economy ground. This is from the Washington Examiner. Before the pandemic, Britain was the fastest growing economy among all the G7 nations. Now, Britain is the worst performer in the G7 nations. The only major economy doing worse is Russia's. And here's what the Washington Examiner says. Boris became known as the man without principles. The man without principles. That I I think is pretty common for politicians. But in this case, a, a little bit more pronounced boris was the man without principles for somebody to point that it's almost like you know it's a blinding flash of the obvious a bfo that politicians have no principles i get that but then to charge him with being the man without principles is to of the men without principles of the men without Mm -hmm. principles is even more that's true and he apparently was very much influenced by his left wing girlfriend as it turns out i think became his wife at least for the time being he's had several divorces um, so he turned into a rabid environmentalist, and then he wrecked the British economy during the COVID years. So, but more fundamentally, you know, you ask the question, what has destroyed Western civilization? We asked this question over and over again. The article continues, the voters, the British voters do not care about Johnson's numerous marriages or that he might be the first prime minister since the Georgian times, who is not certain how many children he's fathered. Hmm. So now the voters don't care about that. Now, thankfully, American voters care about. Oh, wait. No. No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't. No, not since no. The Clinton. No, 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 no. Even before that. No, no. The, the voters don't care about Johnson's numerous marriages or that he might be the first prime minister since the Georgia Times, who is not certain how many children he's fathered. He became infamous for his drinking parties, not unlike Finland's 36 year old teenager. Who's leading the nation? Yes. I'm talking about, right? Yeah. She's confessed these wild parties recently, out of control sexual scenes going on at parties she holds in her villa. She's the world's youngest head of state. Brings up Isaiah 3, doesn't it? Remember the Isaiah 3 passage? Children and women will lead you and destroy you. They will be your destroyers. So we we understand this. Isaiah 3 pronounces the judgment that God brings upon Judah and Israel for their sin, for their idolatry, for their sexual sin, for their slaughter of the innocents. And the one of the very first indications is that immediately children and women will lead you. And that is the sort of thing that's happening. We have Boris Johnson, who 
arguably is a child, but probably worse than that. And then you've got this other child leading Finland. Now, here's what's interesting as well. I think it's important to know the the direction that these European nations have taken. We're looking at the largest nations, the most powerful nations, the richest nations in Europe. This is it. England, Germany, France, so forth. These are still the most powerful nations in, in Britain or in, in, in Europe. And of course, at the point at which they cannot defend themselves from an invasion, I don't think it seems to me that they're at the point where they're being led by children. There's no character left to the nations themselves and they're falling under the judgments of almighty God. This is what's going on right now, especially in that we have these incompetence and these children leading these major States in Europe England's head of state, Boris Johnson's biographer, says he's drawn to ancient Greek and Roman polytheism. Quote, it is clear that Johnson is inspired by the Romans, even more by the Greeks, and repelled by the early Christians. Johnson's view of secular humanism positively and sees it as owing more to the classical world than to Christian thinking. So, in other words, his roots are in paganism. Right Now, he, he has said at points that he's a very, very, very bad Christian. But this contrasts with previous prime ministers. Theresa May, the doctor of a vicar, says Christianity is a part of me and helps to frame her political approach. David Cameron, another PM, said he was evangelical about his Christian faith. He also said Jesus invented the, the big society 2,000 years ago. Gordon Brown, another PM, recent, wrote of his regret at not being more open about his faith while in office. Tony Blair, remember Tony Blair, another yeah. prime minister, yep. said he prayed about the decision to go to war in Iraq and believed God would ultimately judge him for that decision. Margaret Thatch, seems like something of a fear of God with Tony Blair. Not that we agree with all of his policies, right. but maybe a tiny bit of the fear of God. Margaret Thatcher, probably Britain's most religious prime minister, raised a Methodist and later became a member of the Church of England. Then you get to Boris Johnson, living with his girlfriend, three marriages, a child at least, born out of wedlock, a total mess. The man looks like a mess. Yeah. The man looks like the decline and fall of Western civilization, doesn't he? Hey, Have you seen his picture? He's disheveled. Yeah. Yeah. He, he just, he looks and this out, guy is out leading, of control. This guy is leading the free world? Okay, well, that's England. Let's move on to France. France's head of state, Macron, married his junior high teacher, 20 years his senior, after she ditched her husband. Now, there's a biblical word for this. Adultery. Ah. Macron is an agnostic, as was his predecessor. But that's a switch from Jacques Chirac, who was a Catholic and head of state in France for at least 20 years, I think up until 2007. Uh, but again, you see this shift occurring in 2007 in the Western world, moving away from a church attending sort of at least sort of a sense of the fear of God to the agnostics and atheists that lead places like England and France today. Germany's head of state or chancellor Olaf Scholz is still a, a far, far removed chancellor from Angela Merkel. Merkel, thank you. Um, who, who was a faithful church attender and had much good things to say about the Christian church. But Schultz, uh, he's raised in a mainstream Protestant evangelical church in England, but or in Germany, but he later left it. And now he claims to be a, 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 an agnostic of some sort. He does not belong to a church. He's the first chancellor of the Federal Republic of Germany to not belong to a church. The first time again, these are the firsts. 
This is the indication of a post-Christian world, my friends, when the leaders of the free world, the leaders of the Western world, like the Chancellor of Germany, the Prime Minister of England, uh, France, etc., etc., these guys have walked away from the faith and they're making no bones about it. Germany's heads of state, Olaf Scholz, uh, he is childless. He's uh, turned away from God. He, he took the oath of office without a reference to God. That would have been really? last year. Yes. Okay. I think he was the second to do it in Germany's history. Hmm. He took the oath of office without a reference to God. Another atheist agnostic, first chancellor of the Federal Republic of Germany to not belong to a church. Friends, we're talking about the end of Western civilization here. We're talking about the end of a thousand years. Make that a 1400 years, 1500 years of Christian influence in the Western world. By the way, Spain's president, a socialist as well, an outspoken atheist, replacing the previous PM, Mariana Rajoy, a Catholic pro-life conservative type. So again, we're looking at Spain, England, France, Germany, we're looking at the major nations of the Western world turning away from the faith. Atheists, agnostics, adulterers. This is what has happened to Europe, and it's happened in the last six to seven years. We are looking at the end of Western civilization, and somebody needs to chronicle it. Somebody needs to mention it. Now, there is one exception to the rule, and this was very interesting. I want to bring this out. One exception to the rule, but let's take a break. Okay. And come back on this in just a moment on the Generations Broadcast. What happens when a culture that was established and guided by biblical principles abandons the faith and seeks to live by its own wisdom? In his latest groundbreaking work, Epic, The Rise and Fall of the West, Kevin Swanson unfolds the dramatic history of Western civilization, highlighting the phenomenal impact that Jesus Christ and his people have had upon the thought, culture, and institutions of the Christian West as well as tracing the slow but devastating decline of Western civilization and the key factors that have led to our spectacular fall over the centuries. A sobering narrative of gospel hope, this book urges its reader to greater fervency in the work of discipleship and the development of an international vision for the church. This is truly a must-read for any Christian seeking to understand the times and seasons in which we live You can claim your hardcover copy of Epic, The Rise and Fall of the West by visiting generations.org slash store today. That's generations.org slash store. And we're back on the Generations broadcast. Kevin Swanson with you. Bill, it's shocking how quickly civilizations fall apart as they abandon the faith. Well, you know, and we've seen that with these prime ministers. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me because uh, several years ago we were looking for a car, and and we we didn't just look locally. We looked. Uh, we had a car broker, an auto broker, and um, found a couple of cars. And then we also hit the lots up and down Broadway here in in Denver, and uh, we found this one car that was just beautiful and. I take my cars in if I'm going to buy them to a local mechanic and have him kind of look it over. And I said, you know, take a look at this car for me. He put it up on the rack and immediately pulled it down off the rack and said, there's no, no need for me to go any further. He said, the entire bottom of this car is rusted out. It came from the East Coast. It looked beautiful. 
But the rust was so bad that the entire bottom of the car was rusted out and it was done very quickly. That's what happens when nations forget God. They elect leaders who who have forgotten God because they no longer care about the substantial underpinnings of civilization. They get rusted out very quickly. You got it. That's a great analogy. We're talking about Finland, England, Spain, Germany, France. We've gone through the nations, my friends. Yet they've corrupted from the inside out. They might still look kind of good. You know, still got the leather seats, Bill. The radio still turns on. Oh, yeah. But but it's the undercarriage that's been eaten out by the corrupted rust. And that is what has happened to Western civilization, certainly Europe, in the last seven years. We're looking at the dissolution of Europe, my friends. And yet one exception. Very interesting. Netherlands President Mark Root. Now, I don't know much about his policies, but he's an exception to the rule in this sense. He's a faithful attender of the Reformed Church, some Netherlands Reformed Church, some church. He's still going to church. And that's something. I'm, I, I don't know how compromised these churches are. I'm not aware of the church situation in the Netherlands. But here, here's Netherlands President or Prime Minister Mark Root. He's a Reformed Church guy, single, no scandals, like 55 years of age, no scandals on him. Been hmm. Prime Minister for 12 years. Now, here's what's really interesting. I, I just, I, I, w- I went back to these most powerful nations in Europe and I said, okay, given the fact that most of them had turned into atheists, agnostics, adulterers, communists, socialists, et cetera. Okay. That's where we are right now. That's where Europe is right now. I saw the COVID years as test years. Are you with me? They, the COVID years tested the character of nations. Right. I, I, I don't think anybody disagree with that. I think everybody would say, yeah, the COVID years tested Our faith, it tested the character of nations. Now, how did these nations do during the COVID years in terms of their economy? Not good. The UK slipped 3.6% in the last two years. And again, it's just about the worst of all of the European G7 nations. So the UK slipped 3.6%, negative 3.6%. France, negative 1%. Germany, negative 1.7%. Spain, negative 6%. Italy, negative 2.3%. One exception. And this is, I believe, the sixth most powerful nation. Talking about the six most powerful nations, six most wealthy nations, six nations that make up the warp and the woof, the power tower of Europe. The one exception is the Netherlands. The Netherlands actually gained 3% in the last two years. The only major nation to see a significant recovery. And nobody would think of the Netherlands as a Christian nation, but they, the leadership still at least tips his hat. At least he tips his hat. To the creator And, and there of the appears universe. to be some character to the man. Yeah. And here's, here's what I took away with. I said, okay, you've got the six largest economies in Europe, largely led by atheists, socialists, anti-Christians, adulterers, etc. But the head of the state of the Netherlands is fairly solid. And the Netherlands is the only major nation that had a recovery in the two years after COVID. The head of a state, the head of a country does matter. Yes. That's my concluding statement. Do you agree with that? I I totally agree. You know, it reminds me of Romans 1. You know, I think it was Alexander Solzhenitsyn who, who said that men have forgotten God. Okay. But that's, that's really not the right way to say it. 
Romans 1 puts it correctly. They've worshipped and served the creature, and that's what you've been talking about, with Boris and his parties, with the PM from Finland and her parties. They're worshipping the creature rather than the creator. Men have forgotten their creator. They've, they've set up other gods to worship. It's not men have forgotten God. They have their own gods. They've forgotten who the creator is, and that matters. And then what happens is, in Romans 1, God gives them over. And he gives them over, and he gives them over. And the final thing he gives them over to is a depraved mind. They cannot think reasonably or logically, let alone think biblically. It struck me that Tony Blair had a modicum of the fear of God. Yeah. He thought God would judge him for decisions he made. In other words, he recognized his creator. And, and perhaps he's a Catholic. I don't know. I don't know where he is today. But he seems to recognize the creator. He seems to fear God. And that has made a difference in the Western world for 1,400 years. Friends, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And Bill, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think the Lord blesses nations that fear him. And the yeah. fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. Think of Second Samuel 23, verse 1. What do you find? Anybody who rules among the children of men must be just, fearing God. Mm-hmm. Must be just, fearing God. The fear of God is the most basic recommendation or character requirement for anybody who would lead among the children of men, according to the wisdom of of David given virtually on his deathbed in 2 Samuel 23. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. And I think this is really true. Bill, I, I, I think this is true. That when fools are running these nations and they're saying in their heart there is no God, they're probably going to do something foolish. Yes. Isn't that what the PM of Finland's done? Isn't yeah. that what Boris Johnson did? Yeah. He was a fool. He did foolish things. Right. He did not fear God. And here's what we wind up with. These are indications of the lapse in Western faith, my friends. Isaiah 3 is really happening in Europe. The average age of world leaders has gone from 64 to 54 in the last 30 years. And guess where all the young ones are? That's right. There's a map, by the way. I can send it to anybody who's interested. Very interesting. It's a colored map for the age of respective leaders in every country in the world. Mm. And, and guess where all the kids lead? The kids are leading Canada. Western Europe, Eastern Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. That's where and, the kids are living. And the United States, Biden. Just, and, oh, and, oh, wait. Well, oh. That's, well, we won't talk about no. that. That's a different category. He's childish. That's a, that's a different category. Right? We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there right now. Where do the kids lead on these maps? Indeed, the whole world is coming down in some respects, only because God has given the nations over to kids. It's the Lord of the Flies situation in Canada, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, Australia, New Zealand. This is where the kids lead. If you want to see the map, it's interesting. But where do the adults lead? Okay, I told you where the kids lead. Where do the older people lead? Where are the people who are over 64 years of age leading today? Asia, Africa, and South America. Wisdom comes with age. And there isn't much wisdom left in Europe, Canada, Australia, New Zealand. The Lord of the Flies is really happening. In Europe today. Also practicing homosexuals. Have taken the helm of leadership. Many Western nations. Nero's depraved legacy. First recognized in Iceland. 2009. Isn't that Europe? I think Iceland's Europe. Isn't it? Mm. 
That's right. Homosexuals leading Iceland, 2009. That's the first, first place that Nero came back. Nero came back to Iceland in 2009. Belgium in 2011. That's also Europe. Luxembourg, that's uh, Europe. That was 2013. Oregon, is that the Western world? Oregon? Yeah. 2015. State of Colorado, 2019. Republic of Ireland, 2017. Serbia, 2017. The political leaders of the Western world also embraced childlessness. By 2020, heads of governments in France, Germany, Holland, Sweden, Scotland, Lithuania, Romania, and the United Kingdom had no natural children. Now, that changed somewhat, but it's not much different today than it was in 2020. There's just no future in the Western world. Just a legacy of unprecedented debt, birth implosions, sexual nihilism, and child murder. That's what we have left here. And I think a lot of this is tied into the fall of the church. So, Bill, I mentioned this at the beginning. We see the fall of faith. Men lost reason and faith. The women had no more children. Men lost reason and faith. The gods of the copybook heading said, "If the wages of sin is death. At the end of Spurgeon's life, weekly attendance in England was hovering around 40%. By 1970, it was 12%. By 2020, it was 3%. Hmm. You follow me? 40 to 12 to 3%. Okay, now what, what does that look like to you? A decline. A decline. Thank you. You're on it. Uh, by this time, Church of England weekly attendance was a mere 854,000 people, or just 1.5% of the population. There were more Christians in Japan than people attending the English church. And Japan, probably the most resistant nation to Christianity in the world, Baptist church attendance in England, even that fell off. From uh, 287,000 to 226,000. So the Baptists have fallen off big time in England. All right. Evangelicalism barely has survived. Between 1990 and 2020, the evangelical population within the Church of England dropped from 320,000 to 220,000. That's 0.4% of the population. Okay. So when you talk about 0.4% of the population, you're probably going to get a very messed up individual, has a drinking problem, three divorces, and he doesn't know how many kids he's fathered, leading the nation by 2020. You follow me here? Yeah. If, if, if your church situation is this bad, you're probably going to wind up with the biggest loser in the history of England leading the country by 2020. Yeah. You don't that, have that's a, the you, principle here. Because what, what is the pool from which you're going to draw leaders? It's certainly not going to be a churched, churched culture. That's right. Well, I draw most of this from Epoch, the rise and fall of the West. And the next edition is coming out in just five or six weeks from now. So get in line, friends. We've added quite a bit. We've added about 60 or 70 pages to update you on the fall of Western civilization. We're chronicling it. Such important time needs to be chronicled on a regular basis. And we need updates constantly. Because this is the most significant event in 1,600 years of world history. And it seems to me that we just need to be following this. So get your copy at generations.org. It's Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West. Get your copy right now. Line up for your copies at generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson and Bill Jack inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.